Amen. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 18. I know the time is late. We've gone a little over time. I will keep that in mind. Amen. As I preach, that doesn't mean I'll do anything about it, but I will keep it in mind. <laughs> Just feel like God wants to say a couple things to some of us today. Oh, what a powerful worship service. Who, who, who wouldn't who wouldn't want a worship service like that? Amen. I like quiet services too, but not every service. I'm not against quiet services. Amen. But you can't make a habit of being quiet all the time. Amen. Spirit of the Lord's moving, has been moving since the first prayer was prayed. Very familiar, I've used this title and maybe said some of these things before, but I just feel like there's somebody here that's asked God for a word. God help me, I need a word, amen. And so here we go, Jeremiah 18, verse one through three. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, arise, go down to the potter's house and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Verse three, then I went down to the potter's house and behold, he wrought a work on the wheel. In, in the second verse of our text, God said something very, very interesting. Never noticed it too much till just the other day. He said, I will cause thee to hear my words. So obviously you can hear the word and hear a word and you, you could just miss it. You could just let it slip by you. Slip. Listen, human nature and human reasoning is very, very, very strong. I've always preached, for many, many years, I've preached that tradition is the toughest, strongest, hardest thing to deal with when it comes to truth. It's not drugs. I, I give me a drug addict any day than somebody that's been taught some way that's not right. Give me an alcoholic any day. Just give me a plain old sinner that knows nothing compared to a traditionalist. Amen. Let me let that soak in just a little bit. Oh, I got this. I don't doubt people's experience with God. And I'm certainly not a know-it-all. I'll be the first one to agree with the enemy. You don't know, but well, you know what? You're right. I'm not a scholar. I am a student of the word. But there's some things that just leap out at us. Especially when you pray a little and you fast a little bit and you sacrifice a little bit and you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Your education, your knowledge is not gonna get you there. You heard the man this morning. Amen, the church in England. Amen, the thing that killed revival there was, was uh, education. And I mean, that's in reverse from what we're taught. I'm not asking us to not get an education and, and go around being unlearned. I'm not saying that at all. But if you think education or talent is gonna get you where you need to be with God, no, no, it's humbling yourself under God's hand and allowing him to move you. Amen. Listen, let's do this. Let's turn around and smile at a couple people. Give somebody a high five. Amen. Tell them how glad you are. Maybe you can tell them how good looking they are. Maybe that might help. Hallelujah. Bless you, sir. Bless y'all. Hallelujah. You may be seated. 
it's a simple thought. It probably would never end. You know, if we chose to, it's just much, much to be said, but you'll get the gist of what I feel like God is saying to us. Amen. I'd like to preach to us the power of clay. Again, it's something that we see, and I think God wants to see it, us to see it in another way. Hallelujah. The power of clay. That's kind of ridiculous. I don't think the clay in the potter's hand had much power. In fact, it was the potter who was doing the squeezing and shaping and molding. It was the wheel that he used. And we'll talk about that a little later on. That's what that was, had the power, amen. But 2 Timothy 2 and 7, Paul to Timothy, he said, consider what I say and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. So folks, listen. Paul knew Timothy, his son in the Lord, needed some help from God to get this thing, amen. So this thing wouldn't slip past him. So it wouldn't go over his head. Folks, we need a move of the Holy Ghost in our lives. We don't need to let any service just slide by. Oh, we'll just let it go and we'll do this on Sunday or we'll do, no, no, let's do this now. Let's don't wait to pray. Let's don't put off worship and praise. Let's not put off baptism. Brother Lester, amen, you're gonna go down and you'll be right smack dab in the middle, in the center of God's will. In the waters of baptism. I'm still looking for the scripture. Y'all know, I'm, y'all know I, I, I'm, I get on this and this is not part of my sermon. Let me throw this. You know, people will quote baptismal scriptures High up people, you know, that have their own TV program and radio station and, and they preach this, religious people, and they'll quote scriptures about baptism. But on the heels of that, they will say, but you really don't have to be baptized. Really? Where did they get that from? Out of the air? We're looking for any prophet, any apostle. I'm looking for the place where Jesus might have said, just ignore, I just said a whole bunch about baptism, told you how to do it, uh, told you what name to do it in, but, and then, then that, I'm gonna just disqualify all of what I just said and discount it. It's not in there, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. So we're gonna put this man down and anybody else today that wants to be baptized, amen, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the name that's above every name, the name that every tongue shall confess to and every knee shall, why why wouldn't anybody wanna be baptized in that name? Just kind of blows me away. Why Why would somebody not wanna do that? Anyway, just threw that in. No extra charge for that. Amen. Proverbs 3 and 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Verse 3, uh, three and 6, amen, says this. First, verse number 6. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. He shall, not you, I got the reins of this thing. I, you know, there's, a, there's a, a quite large church. It's not too far from here. And somebody told me they have a wonderful music program. They have good worship and good praise, but they're not allowed to go to the altar. Y'all, I've talked about this before. If you've heard it, just act like you hadn't. You know, I have my own take about leadership, uh, leading congregations and sometimes pretty large crowds and, and what you do. Listen, listen, you know what people said about Jesus? You know, one of the things, he did say beautiful, wonderful words and, and he confounded the scribes and the fair. You know what they said about him? They said he speaks as one as having authority. The last 
thing we want leading us is somebody that don't know what they're doing. And you know a church that won't let people come to the altar? I said it a while ago. I said, hey, it's not gonna get out of hand. If it does, I'll just take authority over it. I think, I'm not boasting about it. I'm just simply saying I think that that's what on the inside of us is in search of. We're looking for somebody that knows where they're going and what they're talking about. And so I just made my own little analysis. I said, the reason they don't want anybody to come down is it might get out of hand. And that would be a problem to somebody who has no authority. But you know what my take is? That's exactly what needs to happen. We've been in hand. We've had charge and control. We've called the shots too long. It, is, it needs to get out of hand where God could do something with us. Hallelujah. Amen. God will direct your path. Listen, my question simply is this. Do you need direction today? Is there a serious need that is, that, that's too big for you? You just can't handle it. You don't know what you're gonna do about it. Amen. If the answer is yes to that question, amen, we, we need a move of God. So the last place you know, need to go is somebody that don't believe and don't shout and don't dance and don't get excited. If it's not worth getting excited about, it may not be worth having. Hallelujah. The first thing we need to do is acknowledge him. Now, I'm gonna get to my point here in just a moment, but, but I, I'm building up for the kill right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, let me explain something to us. God may direct us right, when we start asking for his will, come on, God, help me. Hallelujah. Amen. He may direct us right into a wilderness in order to clear our understanding. You know, the wilderness and the valley situations have a way of causing us to realize that we could use a little help. This is what was happening to David when he penned that powerful 23rd Psalm. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For, why? For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort. It, it came about not on a mountaintop. It came about when he was in trouble, when he was facing pressures. God delivered Israel from the Egyptian slavery and bondage and directed them. They got out of that, but directed them right into a wilderness. He delivered them out of bondage into a wilderness. This is where you're going right through here right through the middle of the wilderness. It was a horrible place, amen. Jesus was led by the Spirit. Where? Oh, to a mountaintop with all bliss and all smiles and you know, you know, we go to places sometimes where people are trained. That's okay, we need to, we need to train ourselves a little bit. But, but I've been to places that didn't have the Holy Ghost, didn't know how to be baptized, didn't care, wasn't necessary, wasn't important, none of that's important to them. It looked just like the world, but it looked like a, a toothpaste commercial. Everybody's smiling. They've been trained to do that. Listen, I think God will put a smile on your face because, because God puts joy in your spirit and in your heart and it won't be a fake smile. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness for 40 days. What for? To be tempted of Satan. So God... It was God's idea to tempt him. Hallelujah. 
It was God's idea to let Satan in to Job's place. Satan, God, it was his, he said, hey, have you considered my servant? After asking, what are you doing? I'm going to and fro in the earth. Have you considered my servant Job? God suggested it. But you know what? He said, I would, but you got a hedge built around him. Listen, we need to know something about Satan. He's not in control. He is the God of this world because the world lets him be. He couldn't even get in to where Job was without permission from God. We need to get that part. You get with God and believe in God and trust in God, amen, and then Satan will come, but when he does get there to your house and he starts tormenting you and doing these things, here's what you have to understand. He is doing this by permission only. If he's here, he's here because God allowed him to be here. See, that's, it gives you a little bit of leverage on that. But if you think the enemy has enough power that he's just let loose on this earth to torment us before our time, then you need to rethink that. You need God, you need an understanding on that. Amen. He is on a, Satan is on a leash. And God's got the other end of it. Amen. If he gets on me, it's because God gave him enough slack. But God has the power and the authority to give a yank to that thing anytime he wants to. And so obviously I need to be tested when Satan is on my case. And you know, that's why that when Satan gets on me, uh, it comes through uh, uh, maybe a health issue or a, or a test of some sort. That's what causes us to be able, when we get to the house of the Lord or when we get in our prayer closet or wherever we make contact with God, then right in the middle of that test, I can give praise. Yeah. I can shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. Amen. Listen, because there's folks who don't understand that. The devil has been let loose on them. And listen, and they look like, uh, you know, a, a bump on a dill pickle. They're not about to get one foot off the floor. They're not about to smile. They're not about to give praise and honor. Listen, folks, this is not a praise and worship service. Let me tell you something. I couldn't preach anything more valuable to you of more value, I could not, than praise. Well, I don't feel like, well, that's a good time to praise. I don't feel like dancing. Well, that's the best time to do it. We need to learn how to give praise. Hallelujah. You know those people that marched around, I know I'm scattering today, but somebody's probably getting something out of this. When they marched around Jericho six times and on the seventh day they marched seven times and now that wasn't done yet. Listen, there's folks been marching, folks been paying their tithes, folks in this church has been living for God the best they can, faithful to the church. Listen, all that's good, but you are not done yet, even though you've done your marching. Well, we've been living for God. We've been doing, yep, you have. Good for you, I'm glad you did. But the orders were, when we get around that seven times, here's where we're gonna blow the trumpet, we're still pretty good. You know, our music department's pretty good here and we do it. But no, 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 you're not done yet. One more thing you gotta do, what? We gotta shout. Listen, the wall, until we, listen, I'm, I'm very meticulous about this. Let me, let me tell you how meticulous I am about it. You know when the Bible says, doesn't even nature itself teach you for it's a shame for a man to have long hair? I'll be watching, a, Brother Bernie, I'll be watching a football game and I see hair hanging out, you know, out of these football helmets. Now, no, I, you know, if you got long hair, I, 
and your guy, I'm not picking on you. I even looked at everybody good here today. You know, I, that's not what I'm picking at. But, and that doesn't matter to people. They just, I'm wondering what else don't matter. It, to me, I'm like, ain't no way I could do that. I see preachers with hair hanging down here. Hey, Brother John, I see, pre- I watched a guy on TV. I couldn't get my mind on what he said because he kept flipping his hair. He had a microphone. He had a cool looking suit on. And I'm not being judgmental. I'm just kind of observing here. And I'm trying to tell you, little things like Paul. Do you think Paul just, by the way, you know, but, but after he got done with that, but, but it really doesn't matter. He didn't say that. He just simply said, doesn't even nature itself teach you that it's a shame for a man to have long hair? Well, I take that. I'd be like, well, you know what? If it was a shame then, you know, and God's trying to keep the sexes separated. He wants to be identified right. But people just go, I just ignore that. Religious singing groups that can sing. And I watch them. I'm sorry that I'm particular about what the scripture said and I'm like man I wish it you know Ricky Skaggs I love him he's a beast on the guitar y'all know I love guitar music and I guess just showmanship I guess it's just stuff in the in the world now you do that you know he was a redneck just like me (laughs) now he's got long gray hair at that nothing worse than an old hippie (laughs) they ain't got no hair up here you need got a ponytail hey it's all he can grow maybe a beard I'm, I'm, I'm not picking on hair. I'm just simply saying, that's the first thing that popped in my brain. You know, just little things, little things that people, so we ignore that, we just ignore the rest. That's a pattern that we have. That could be a habit that we, oh, we ignore that, don't matter, I mean, God don't get, and we just, we don't have one scripture to back up something, we just don't believe. No, you don't have to do it. Really, who told you that? You don't have to worry about it. And so we go through the whole Bible with seemingly some kind of authority, we don't have to do all of that. But I'm not looking for what I don't have to do. I'm looking at what I'm allowed to do, what I can do. I can talk in tongues. I can shout with the voice of triumph. I can dance. I can leap for joy. Amen. I can clap my hands unto the Lord. And God can change me on the inside. Hallelujah. Listen, life, Amen. That wilderness, and, and I know I'm off track a little bit, but, but, but you know, life ha, has a way of helping us understand things better. Now, I'll be the first one to confess and admit to you, life is not fair. <laughs> life will treat you bad. Life will cause you to be distrustful and mean and bitter, or it will humble us and make us better. I mean, it was something so basic in our scripture text, something so basic. It was a potter, a wheel, and a piece of clay. That's about as basic as you can get. And I will say this, it's a dangerous thing to get away from the basics of God. Y'all know, you know the foundation story. You work with a you work with a builder that's that, that's going to build a building, and you start working on a you you think he's building cabinets. Oh no no, that's got to be right. It's got to. You know what he knows? You mess up just a little bit in that foundation. You don't get it level. You don't get it square. It don't matter where you get in that building after that. Once you get it up, it will be off. It you got to get the foundation right. Amen. And so this is, it's spiritually speaking. In the word, we better get the foundation. We better start out right. Yeah. 
because your whole building's gonna be messed up. John Maxwell said he was playing golf, amen, and he was doing a slice, you know, and I don't know if you understand that, but the slice is when you hit the ball and it doesn't go straight, amen. A hook would be coming back this way. You do hooks, and listen, the ball can do just weird, weird things. I just hit it like I think I always hit it, and it goes, like makes a big circle. If you could ever straighten that out, you could get some distance. But it's people who just hit a slice. He went with a pro and a pro. He said, tell me how to get this slice out. He said, you know what? To get that slice, I'd have to unlearn. I had to tear down and tear away everything that you ever knew about golf and start over. Why? Because everything about your game is wrong. Your stance, your swing, everything is wrong. And that's where some people are trying to live for God. We're trying to get a miracle. We're trying to get this. We're trying to, you know, listen, listen, we have to get the foundation right. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so down at this basic place, this, this you know, just simple place, amen, this is where God instructed Jeremiah to go, the potter's house. In fact, it was a dull, boring place. Yeah, we just we don't. I don't think I want a Bible study. Yeah, it'd be kind of boring. Amen. It, in other words, it's not fireworks. We don't have the band playing. <laughs> Isaiah forty and thirty one. They that wait upon the Lord. They that wait upon the. I understand waiting don't just mean hanging out necessarily. It could. Amen. But I think it. But but we'll use it that way today. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Hallelujah. Notice the progression. Let's read it, then we'll notice, then look at it a little bit. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk. Now notice it's got flying, it's got running, and it's got walking. He said mount up with wings as eagles. Then he said run and not be weary. Then walk and not faint. We normally, we normally want to start walking then we accelerate to a run. That, that's just a human way of thinking. Then we take wings and fly. But God says, no, no. You may start off flying. Then you'll come down to running. But most of the time, you know what you'll be doing? If you want to accomplish something, you'll be walking. Be walking with the Lord. What that means is being faithful in showing up for church being loyal and faithful with our giving, volunteering to help clean the church. Listen, I'm, I told you it wasn't fireworks, amen. Be a volunteer to teach Sunday school, amen. Support a missionary. No, what are we talking about? Just walking with Jesus. And to do that, you don't have to have a show. You don't have to have your favorite preacher. You don't have to have somebody playing your, your favorite song. You're gonna live for God no matter what. All that's just extra stuff. I'm gonna live for God anyway, no matter what. Why? Because it's in my heart. It's in my gut. God put it in there through an experience with him. Amen. So we've decided if it's time to fly, we'll fly. Running's all right and it's fun. Amen. But if we don't do that and can't do that, guess what? We'll just keep walking for Jesus. We'll keep showing up for church. We'll keep our spirit right. Amen. We're not going to get mad at anybody and stay mad. Not very long anyway. We're going to get victory over this and victory over that. Amen. Because we're in this for the long haul. It's some folks that feel like a, a geographical position or a spot. If I could just get there, I'd be happy. If I could just get that new car, I'd be happy. If I could just be friends with so, I'd, no, no, no. Listen, I said it last week. 
happiness and peace and joy. It's an inside job. That's why people who live in a shack can be happy. While at the same time, there's people that live in a mansion and drive the fanciest cars. And listen, they're not happy because it's not what you have, amen, that makes you happy. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. But, you know, our power, amen, and it's what we're looking for is power, amen. And it seems like everybody's looking for power. We take power naps. We take power drinks. And I guess there's power pills and all kind of stuff. Amen. Uh, you know, our powers possibly in the strength of the hands when we look at this of the potter. Talked about it earlier. And he shapes and molds the clay. He's got to be, the, you know. Or, or maybe the power is in the wheel. Without that wheel, we just couldn't do it. But to the careful observer, the, the absolute power, listen to me closely, the real power rests in the clay. Now, you don't quite understand that yet, but let me, let me show you here. It is in the clay. That's us, by the way. Remember, we were created out of the dust of the earth. God breathed into us the breath of life. Amen. It is in that clay that we will find power, the power of yielding, the power of becoming. It's not in the hands of the potter which is God Almighty, all right? God can only bless us if we will allow him to bless us. We give him permission to bless us and heal us with our, amen, our faith and our yielding to him. Listen, the best potter, the most skilled craftsman cannot do anything with clay that refuses to be molded. This is who I am, this is what I am. And we wouldn't say this to God, but basically with our actions, well, you just go away, God, I don't want that. That's not part of me. That's that tradition we're talking about. We have to yield. God, whatever you want, amen, that's, I'm willing, amen. The power to become and the power to resist is in the clay. Here's the whole point and the whole reason that I'm preaching this today. Somehow or other, we put the power way out there somewhere in the wild blue yonder. If God would come and heal me, I would just, no, 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 no. He will, he, listen, he, he paid the price for healing when they put stripes on his back. That's what the prophet said, and they did that. That's already been paid for. The promise has already been made. And here we are, that's just exactly how the enemy is. He wants to mess our mind up. That's why Paul said, amen, put on the helmet of salvation. Why? You need to protect your brain from the enemy. You need to be able to think right. You need to be able to see things right. So if we can think that God's always out there somewhere and over yonder somewhere and my blessings in another church somewhere, and my favorite preacher is somewhere else, if I could just, no, 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 no. The power is in you, the clay. Wherever you are, whoever's preaching, even if there's no preacher, amen. Whoever's singing, even if there's no song, listen, you can receive your miracle. You can receive your deliverance. Your help comes from God. And guess what? Jesus said, I'm with you now. That's what he told us. He could understand that. People couldn't understand that. Amen. Jesus was there with them. Amen. In the book of John, he said, I'm with you now, but guess what? I shall be in you. 
the hope of glory. He was talking about the coming day of Pentecost when he would pour his spirit out upon all flesh. Anybody ready to receive that? Anybody say, you know what, God? You put a little bit of you in me. Amen. That's power to overcome. Power not only to be blessed, but to bless somebody else. I'm blessing you right now in the name of Jesus. I bless this church. I bless my friends. I bless my enemies. I release the presence and the power of faith in this for us to reach out and take a hold of this thought. Amen, in Jesus' name. The, the, my, my deliverance is not somewhere else. My blessing is not over here. My God is not off out there somewhere on a throne. Amen, God is right here. Amen. Didn't the Bible say he is the ever-present help in time of need? That's what he said, wasn't it? Ever-present. Ever he is always with us. He promised never to forsake us, never leave us. Listen, when I do right, he's there. When I mess up, he's still right there. Didn't change anything. Let's all stand. I need some help up here. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I know it's a simple thought. Maybe it's too simple for you. Amen. I'm going to tell you what this does. This simple revelation, this simple understanding, and I think I'm right on this. Guess what it does? It takes away all of my excuses. Can I get in here with you? While I'm pointing my finger at you, I'm pointing three fingers back at me and a thumb. I said, this revelation, this understanding, it takes away every excuse that I could muster up and dredge up to keep me from having my miracle. You can't be happy? Why not? You got Jesus living in you. You don't have joy in your spirit. And by the way, I'm gonna quote it again. The joy of the Lord is what? Our strength. That's why we're gonna praise and smile and dance. Have you ever been to a dance with nobody dancing? Oh, we're going out to the party. Man, there's a dance going on and there's a band playing. And then you get there and they're playing some kind of whiny through the nose and then there's no people just stand. no no people dance at a dance I don't go there anymore but just to use it for a thought that'd be horrible to go to a play well listen the dance is on the band's playing Jesus is in the house hallelujah and he's not stingy with his miracles He's not stingy with his joy and with his peace. I'd like for somebody just to settle in. In fact, God may just turn somebody around. Somebody may be thinking of something right now and you're just on that road. You're ready to, you're, you're ready to put it in overdrive, man. I'm glad. And you're going the wrong way. I said happiness and peace. Let me tell you when you're happy. When you feel like you're accomplishing something. You feel like you're doing some good. And that the enemy can come in and take that away and make you think you don't make any difference. It don't matter. Listen, then there goes your joy. There goes your peace. There goes your happiness. Hallelujah. I believe somebody's gonna realize, oh, I am of value. I am a vessel of honor. Why? Because God handpicked me. He chose me out of millions and millions of people, amen, and filled me with the Holy Ghost, gave me a revelation, amen, on some of his word. So I must have some value. So why, I have nothing to be sad about. Well, I 
got this and that. So what? Amen. I, I, somehow I feel like we need to release our faith right now. I said, I think we need to release our faith right now. Hallelujah. Whatever progress, as y'all get ready, I'm going to open the altar right now. We're getting ready to baptize. We're going to shout a little bit. I'm going to plan on it. Hallelujah. Whatever progress I am making and whatever accomplishments that I make, it's done. I'm talking about the power and where, where it is right now. Amen. This is all done through my willingness to submit to the potter. Blessings already been pronounced. Already been promised. But, but my lack of progress here, gotta get it, I'm doing both sides of this. My lack of progress, when I, I'm stuck in the mud and I can't get out, my failures, it could be because of my unwillingness to submit to the power. This is two ways. I can submit to God. I don't want to do that. My flesh is, I want to be in charge. Amen. It's harder for men too. Women are tender and they can weep. But a man, I'm going to talk about the men because i that's what I am. Got a little liberty here. It's tough on us, guys. We were designed to lead. And we're stronger, tougher. We're really not, but we just act like it and we want everybody to think we are. It's hard to get through that pride and break us down where we'll weep in an altar. But that's what it takes. And that's when God comes in and takes over. Hallelujah. But that's when the joy comes. That's when the peace comes. And that, my friend, is when the revelation comes. You're like, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? That was the problem. You was not thinking. Well, you was. You need to let God do the thinking. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. It's like I said, don't quit. I'll close with this. I'll close with this. Amen. What, what this all means is that while you are waiting for God to empower you to be delivered, to be healed, whatever it might be in your situation, he's already done that. I know, I know. Our flesh doesn't want to hear that. Acts 1 and 8, remember? After the crucifixion, he was the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world. Amen. He met with his disciples one last time. And here's the message. He said, go to Jerusalem. Go to an upper room there in Jerusalem and wait. King James says, tarry. Wait there until you be endued with power. There's that word power again. Amen. But Acts 1 and 8, he said, ye shall receive power. When? When you accept Christ, you know, it didn't say that. When you believe on the Lord Jesus, that's what the Bible said, believe and you shall be. That's not when he said you'll receive power. He said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And he said, now that's when you're gonna be a powerful witness. Hallelujah. Anybody want power to be delivered? Power to witness? Power to heal and be healed? Amen. Don't let anyone or anything Amen, hold you hostage. 
amen, and believing that your healing and your blessing and your Holy Ghost is somewhere. No, no, don't do that. No, amen. It's already been given, poured out on the day of Pentecost. It came like a rushing mighty wind, filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues as of fire. Listen, I said it here, I said it here a week or so back. Listen, I know that there's counterfeit, just like there's counterfeit $20 best counterfeit tongue. Nobody's arguing with that. But I'm not giving up on $20 bills just because there's one shows up that's counterfeit every once in a while. I do kind of, when I hand one out to the cashier, I'm kind of like, ooh, I hadn't thought about that. She got a little pen out and she, I'm kind of, ooh, well, I hope that's a good one. This, sure, there's counterfeit tongues and counterfeit Holy Ghost and counterfeit preachers and counterfeit, I understand that. But there's a real, why? Because the Bible promised it and said it. And when it came on the day of Pentecost, they spoke in tongues. As the, and if the Spirit did it, it's all right. Hallelujah. Amen. And let me just close with this right here, right now, before we do this baptism. And what we think is our breaking point I'm as far as I can, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Y'all know, you, you know, you just painted yourself in a corner. What we think is the breaking point could very well be our turning point. This is the day. This is the time. Right now. Why? Because I'm believing God and I'm surrendering to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Folks, isn't this beautiful? It's beautiful. I don't ever want to say, I'd like to have a whole line of people, amen, here, but, but I'm happy with what we got right now, amen. Brother, Brother Lester, amen, I'm so thrilled, amen, that you're being baptized. I'm so thrilled, amen, that you're here, and we have a privilege of obeying the word, the beautiful word of God. This is what we have to understand. This is not something that we concocted up. You know, somebody said, I, I offered a Bible study. I'd like to teach you a Bible study. The guy said, no, you're gonna teach me one in Pentecostal Bible studies. I said, no, there's no such thing. All I know is there's just a Bible study. It covers everything and everybody, all right? And so this is a beautiful Bible experience that's throughout from the Old Testament let me just say this. When we go, you go down in that watery grave, do you know when the type was, and I, it's okay, y'all comfortable in the water? Yeah, it's not too, okay. Nice and warm, isn't it? You can find the plan of salvation in the Old Testament. We talked about it. Amen, in the Bible study. Amen. When God led Israel out of Egyptian bondage, it is a type of God leading you out of the world. But you know what he led them to? You think God, listen, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, when, when Jesus was born, he didn't become another God. He was God manifested in flesh. That's why he had the same plan as God in the Old Testament. Amen. And so when God led them out of that, that bondage, which is a type of the world and sin and all that the world has, guess where he led them to? He led them right to the Red Sea. Guess what's in the Red Sea? Water. <laughs> Right? It's a tie. It wasn't, you know, Moses didn't get out and baptize them all like we do. He, they just all went through the water, amen, and under the water, and, and, and it was a type. Listen, God could have led them anywhere to get out of that, but he led them to, it was a point, it was a purpose. You can't get past baptism. And another thing, the enemy has discounted it, and you'll probably meet people. After you do this, say, well, I was baptized in Jesus' name. They'll probably tell you, you didn't really have to do that, you know. Where are they getting that from? 
Old Testament come through the water. And guess what they did when they got on the other side? Amen. They took the tambourines out and they got to shouting and got to singing. You know what it sounded? It probably, it was way back in the Old Testament, but it sounded like a Pentecostal service to me. Read it in the Bible. Amen. So, so what you're doing, you're in the Red Sea right now. You're coming out of that old life. Amen. The world had you. It told you what to do. You, you marched to its beat. Amen. But you got a brand new life starting right now. Amen. You're being born again. And Jesus told Nicodemus, notice how positive Jesus was. Nicodemus wanted to know what to do about this getting saved. Jesus said, unless the man is born again, watch what he said. He brought that water out. He said, a water and spirit. Two things. You need the Holy Ghost and you need to get baptized in water. Two things. We furnish the water and God furnishes the Holy Ghost and the Spirit. So, so Lester, I think that uh, if you've repented, and I'm sure you have asked God to forgive you of your sins, and if you're sincere, God does forgive you. But when you come out of that water after going in that water, it's a type of the resurrection of Jesus, just like Jesus went in the grave, but he didn't stay. He came out. If you will lift your hands, and Brother Thompson and Brother Green will lay hands on you. And here's what you have to do. You don't have to beg for the Holy Ghost. It's a gift from God. Amen. What you have to do is you begin to thank him. And if another language comes in your mind, you just go ahead and speak. It don't matter what it sounds like. That'll be the Holy Ghost. It'll be the Holy Ghost. Amen. Brother Lester, upon the profession of your faith and in obedience to the great holy word of the Lord, we now baptize you in the lovely name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all your sins. Come on, let's give praise to him right now. Come on, Lester, let's love the Lord. Let's give him thanks in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the power of the Holy Just can't stop praising his name. 